0: Google search history now officially includes the phrase, what does the word wheeler mean? If that is a definition at all, a vehicle having a specified number of wheels or used in a sentence, a huge 18-wheeler truck. Why did I ask that question? Why did I type into Google wheeler definition? Because my grandfather used to start sentences like that. He used to start sentences with the word wheeler as in an imperative, as a Let's get ready to go. It was his phrase for let's get up and go wheeler. Why am I bringing that up right now? Why have I used the first minute of this show, the first show of 2022 to talk about this word that's really not even a word? Because we are at that threshold. We are at that precipice. We are about to take the first step into the next year, into what is nothing but excitement and joy and happiness. The Criterium season is starting, it is getting underway, it is underway in some places, and for us here in the United States, this is a cause for celebration, this is a cause for joy, and a moment for us to pause, be hopeful, and happy. My name is Rob Kelly, this is Criterium Nation, a show about life lived one corner at a time. We are brought to you this week by Manscaped. I am so excited to talk about the new products that are on their way to my house right now from Manscaped. The entirety of the Ultra Premium Collection is on its way to my front door. It is not just the Lawnmower 4.0, we've talked about that in the past, but this is a full scale lineup of products for people who want to be a little bit more careful about their body. It has a body wash, shampoo and conditioner, a body spray, a deodorant, not just a deodorant for below the waist, a deodorant for your arms and lip balm. It is the full kit. You can be ready to look, smell and be your best when you check out the ultra premium collection here from Manscaped. I was gifted something from a loved one from Manscaped this winter at Christmas time, I was given a weed whacker. It is the nose and ear trimmer. It's something that's critical for men of a certain age because they start to lose hair in certain parts of their body where they wanted it to be, and they start to develop it in other parts of their body where you're like, that's really not a welcome place for you to be, hair. I want you on top of my head, not coming out of my nose. Well, now you can take care of that problem and make sure that you stay trimmed Wonderful looking, ready for your partners, loved ones, the camera, the Instagram, the TikTok with the Weed Whacker. Go to manscaped.com. Use the promo code CriteriumNation at checkout for 20% off plus free shipping. That's right. Criterium Nation, all one word, 20% off plus free shipping for the ultra premium collection, lawnmower, all of it. So much good stuff coming from Manscaped. Check it out, Manscaped.com. Dot com. This week, we are also brought to you by our friends at Hammerhead. Hammerhead.io is their website. They are the creators of the wonderful Karoo Two, which has been on the front of my bike for the last month now. I am getting used to it. I am starting to absolutely love its functionality and the way that it simplifies my life. It is a wonderful compliment to my training right now. I'm a minimalist when it comes down to what I want on the computer screen in front of me. I used to have a thousand different screens with a hundred different tabs on it. And there was so much data and so much information that I started to get, you know, like a, a moment of like mental pause when I would sit there and I'd look at it, especially during races, it was way too much. So, In consultation with my coach, we narrowed it down to just those things that I absolutely critically needed for a race, which was time, distance, and power. The beauty of the Karoo 2 is that that screen is so customizable that time, distance, and power can be in a bunch of different orientations. And so it looks good. It's there for you. It's got exactly what you need right there and then. But I've also got my other screens for intervals and for just knowing what my max power was for that ride that I can scroll through during the course of my ride when I get bored for a minute. And the beauty of the customization is that if you want five or six things on your screen, there are multiple different ways that you can display those five or six things. So for example, my intervals screen. I've got very critical information, then I've got less critical information. You know, the distance per lap and the time per lap is less critical for me for a 15 or 20 minute long interval. What is more important for me is the three second average power, 30 seconds, and then the lap average power, because that's the goal that I'm trying to hit. Where am I right now, where have I been shortly, and where have I been for the whole thing? So I've got those three fields put really large on the screen, so it's not that hard for me to see, even at a glance. And then I've got the two other fields down below it that are important, but less important. I'm not going to be staring at that screen going, gosh, is that one second, two seconds? The customization is great. So go to hammerhead.io, check out the Karoo 2. And order one for yourself. We are a part of the Wide Angle Podium network of shows, wideanglepodium.com. It is the internet, the galaxy, the world's only collection of top tier independent cycling content, and it's all there for you. We've got Cyclocross Radio. The Slow Ride Podcast, Nowhere Fast, The Grodio with Amanda Nauman. Can I tell you, Amanda asked me to be on the show to talk about gravel racing. We talked all about gravel racing, but we also talked mostly about swimming and how great of a sport swimming is and how it set both of us up for tremendous amounts of success. If you haven't heard that, please go check it out. It was a really fun conversation that we had, and there was even a hot takes moment there at the end that I'm really super excited about, and I can't believe that, It's still going through my head, all the answers to those questions and how I want to talk more about those hot takes. So WideAnglePodium.com, go there, become a member and subscriber of the network and help support this content creator-owned effort. So here we are here, the very beginning of March 2022, and we have Danny Estevez of Best Buddies on the show. Everything has changed. 2021 is over. The season evolved the way it did. But now is a brand new world for everybody. And we get to see what he and his team is all about. But before they start to race, before the criterium scene starts in earnest, we get to hear from Danny himself about how he got to this point in his life, how he left the sport and came back and came to the top level of the sport, what the guys on the team mean for him and how they provide so much faith in him that he can do what he needs to do when he needs to do. And we're doing all of that right now.
1: All right, so my name is Danny Estevez. I'm originally from Dominican Republic, uh, but raised in Worcester, Massachusetts. Uh, I'm currently in Miami, Florida, for a team race. And I race for Best Buddies Racing.
0: You're 33 years old now. At least that's what Road Results
1: says. 32.
0: Racing age, you're 33. So it's only two more. Yeah, two more years, and you'll be able to race Masters Nationals, on top of amateur. (laughs) Uh, This is your second go around in bike racing. You had a very stellar juniors career in bike racing, and and not a lot of people remember about that time period in your life. But you left. What happened? Why'd you why'd you pull the plug on your juniors racing career?
1: So I pulled the plug because well, several factors. Uh, When I was a junior, I didn't have the opportunity. uh, Well, I had the opportunity to be part of probably the best junior team in the nation at the time, which is Tubes Development Cycling Team. It still is a powerhouse. Uh, during my time with hot tubes, I was like you, uh, we talked about earlier. I was probably one of the top ju- junior riders in the country around that time. It was Ben King, uh, myself that were the same racing agent. We shared, you know, the same Jersey. And then after, so during that time, I could never do junior nationals. I wasn't a citizen yet. And that like stop me from showcasing my abilities on a national level so at that time when you if you made the national team you had the opportunity to showcase yourself in Europe and I didn't have that opportunity and so a lot of teams sort of you know uh brushed their shoulders off with me and I didn't have the opportunity to have a uh, a U23 career with a semi-pro team or pro team like other guys did at the time. And that was kind of frustrating to me.
0: Did it leave you with like a bad taste in your mouth?
1: It did. Uh, the sport gave me sort of a sour patch. And so I became extremely frustrated because I, I I trained extremely hard. I was always very disciplined. And I my dream was always to be a professional bike racer whether that was in Europe or the U.S., and I felt like I, I had the talent to do so. I just needed the opportunity. And that really never came from a, a real professional team in the U.S. at the time. And so what happened was uh, Toby uh, Stanton, who's still the director of Hot kind of lead me to, uh, to think about an education. You know, long story short, he helped me through college you know, and, and the hot to sponsors as well. So I thank them for where I am today and I actually don't regret leaving the sport. So at the age of 20, I completely left the sport. I sold everything I had. I threw away all my medals, threw away all my uh, kits, everything. I just didn't want nothing to do with the sport.
0: So what happens next? Cause I know based on our talks, that you end up as one of the top 40 under 40, as a professional, as, a, as an entrepreneur, starting your own business in, in the Boston suburbs. You know, you got your education, you, you started a business. You know, what was, what was in between, 13 year period of time between then and now?
1: Uh, yeah, so once I started going to school, I started at Lindsey Wilson College in Kentucky. Uh, I still think cycling, obviously, uh, if it wasn't because of the sport and everyone I met in it, I wouldn't be where I am today. So I had the opportunity to go to Lindsey Wilson on a full scholarship. Uh, if I didn't have a scholarship, I would never go to school because I come from very, uh very humble family. Um, and so I went there for two years, transferred over to Clark University, uh, closer to home uh in Worcester, Massachusetts. I finished off my education there. Um so that I that was four years of my five years of my life in school, graduated. And during my college years, that's when I started thinking like, okay, what happens next? I had a full-time job while I was going to college as well. I was working 40 hours and going to school full time, but I still didn't feel uh like I had any purpose. Um, and so that's when I started thinking, how can I make a difference? At the time, I was a social worker and I loved uh, servicing people. They it, it made me feel whole and complete as a person. So I always wanted to do good. I always loved working with seniors, help them th- helping them through their short-term and long-term goals, as well as children and families. And and helping them gel together, and so that's when I started thinking, okay, what can I do that combines both uh, age groups? And that's when I created Families Together, which is a a facility where adults and seniors can go during the day to sort of get their uh, daily care needs met. And through that service, I, you know, that's what I began doing uh, for the 10 years that I was off the bike.
0: Like just thinking out loud, that matches up so well with Best Buddies, with the team that you're on right now. The idea of service to others and inclusion and making sure that people who have had something Blocking their capacity towards full integration into society or into a community, making sure that you give them every chance to get that full, rich life. Is that something that you've always cared about? Is that something that is at the core of Danny Estevez?
1: Uh, that is the core. Um, I was raised to always be helpful to others and help whenever I can. And through this service that we're providing, at families together, um, I can do that every single day. But additionally, now, like you mentioned, being on this team, besides filling my alter egos of of a bike racer, I get to make a difference, and I have purpose when I pedal my bike. You know, and, and that's meaningful to me. You know, I truly appreciate where I am and what I'm doing. Uh, For others right now,
0: we're going to have Michael Hernandez on the show in a couple of weeks from when your episode airs. So I'm going to spare like the nitty gritty details of Best Buddies for for him, because I know that that's he's passionate about the organization. He's one of the reasons why the team exists in the format that it does. So I don't want to like cheat him from an opportunity to talk about the great work that Best Buddies, the organization is doing. What I want to do is try to find out you've got this gap in your bike racing results world, which means your participation in our community from the late part of the 2000s to 2016. The first results that I start seeing again and again from you are, you know, local races in 2016 and in 2018. You've decided to come back into our community what brought you back in 2016 to do you know what, what looks like eight races up in up in New England
1: so what brought me back uh to answer the question pretty much it was health Be, uh, before 2016 uh through the cycle of starting a business graduating college unhealthy eating and all that long story short i became very unhealthy stress level to the max i was overweight i was weighing like 210 pounds um, and for my height that's quite a bit I was a bowling ball <laughs> uh, I was diagnosed with high blood pressure it's pre diabetic uh, so I was about to get put on all these medications to like help me through that and I don't like taking any pills or anything like that so for medications in general and I told the doctor that I would actually before I get on all that stuff that I would try to fix my daily life schedule to in order to accommodate some exercising and you know eat a little bit healthier and you know so i hated the gym cuz during that time away i also started lifting weights but i i don't know why i did that um that was just something to like occupy my time and you know just build more testosterone i guess in the gym just pushing weights around but that didn't help my weight. And so uh, I went back to what I knew how to do. Uh, I bought myself a little bike uh, and a trainer. And thanks to the guys at Fusion Cycles, they were able to like like help me out a lot uh, during that first purchase and kind of get me going. And so I bought myself a bike, a, a trainer, and then I heard about this thing called Zwift and I started riding. And I began joining this virtual world. Three months later, I'm 30 pounds lighter. Uh, Visit again, another doc, uh, the same doctor, blood pressure, you know, gone. uh, Pre-diabetic diagnosis, gone. Stress level, it's a lot better. Once I found myself being a little bit healthier, I got addicted to the bike again. There were a couple of races during that summer that you know that i used to do as a junior and i was like you know what let me just try it out and see how it goes uh and that was just the competitiveness in me and uh i believe the first race one of the first races i did was the nutmeg cycling classic in connecticut and i won it that sparked the the fire in me to answer all these questions and all the what ifs if i would have kept going. I did a couple more races after that, but then I stopped riding that year again. I didn't ride for another like five months. So the next two years were sort of like that, where like I would train a little bit for a couple races, but then I would stop like after August and not start training again until December. So I wasn't very consistent. So in terms of coming back, 2019 was my first year back where I consistently raced all year round and train for, for, you know, a lot of the big races.
0: When you've taken so much of that time off and you've had so many other priorities get put in front of your own personal health in front of, you know, your own mental health to get, to finally get back in to this routine because ultimately Bike racing, being an athlete is about having a good routine, about building good habits, about being committed to your own personal well-being, and like sometimes somebody somebody will say that's selfish, and I, I I don't buy that. I think that it's okay to be selfish when it comes to your own personal health and to spending that time to make yourself better. But like, what does it feel like to you when you do? You know, finally get back and you're racing Somerville or you're racing Wilmington Grand Prix or Rochester, any of these like races that I know you did as a junior, but you're now doing them as a 30 year old or a 29 year old. And you've seen your body go from fit to not to on its way back again.
1: That transition was extremely hard. It was definitely a shock to my system because I, I mean, the level of bike racing when I started coming back, I mean, was so high. I was used to training with a cat eye and training by feel and just doing stuff randomly, you know, not measured by these numbers and watts and all that stuff. I just started learning about the science behind training the last couple of years, you know, uh, training with uh, Todd Chesky who I started working with when I got back into it, like seriously, he kind of, he coached me through my first two years uh, and brought me all the way up to uh, winning a national championship this year. You know, and then I transitioned to, to Aiden Charles at Charles Coaching, who's coaching me now. And, you know, it's just going and trying to, you know, keep growing. But the transition was extremely hard. The confidence in me was like, oh, I'm going to win these races just because I won a local race. And when I went regional, I got my butt kicked. And so that sort of brought me back down to earth. You know, i that's when I got discouraged a bit because obviously the level was so high. And then I started thinking about, do I really have the time to put into this again? in order to be competitive. And I just made the adjustments that I needed to because I really wanted to continue to race. And I was just trying to figure out what the best balance will be.
0: How did you make that adjustment? Because there's a lot of guys who who are in your situation who were phenomenal high school or college athletes. And because life requires making money, they have to make sacrifices having a young family. You've got to make sacrifices. But ultimately, you prioritized or found the time to prioritize the sport for you. What advice could you offer to somebody who's like you just before you made that decision?
1: If I had an advice to give, it's discipline and consistency. Once you start something, you're not going to be able to achieve anything unless you're consistent and follow through with what you're set to do. And and so during that process, you'll be able to balance out everything that you need to in order to kind of gel that together. So for me, what I needed to figure out was three things. How do I uh, gel my family time, but also the time that I have to dedicate to my business and how do I you know, balance those two in order to incorporate cycling into that. And so what I did was I I took the 24 hours of the day, you know, obviously took the time away that I sleep and little by little just started trickling out the time that I spent with my family business and what actual real time I had in order to train. And then once I did that, I just had to figure out during what time of the day, I can train that doesn't affect my business or my family. Then once I figured that out, I started doing quality training um, with the coaches that I mentioned and, you know, things just started taking off and it it took time. But once my body started adapting to the workouts, the nutrition, everything, you know, I started getting faster and faster and faster. And, you know, here I am today.
0: The interesting thing is like nobody goes... Nobody. I should probably be less definite than this, but the the typical pattern is not for you to go from from nobody to national champ. There, there are steps in in development and process, even for people coming back from injury or time off. I mean, Michael Jordan didn't immediately go from playing baseball, you know, in his little break to being, you know, at the head of the best basketball team in history. You know, there was a year of adjustment. For you, there was this time period of adjustment. You had the results that were at the back of the pack as you got back into shape. Then there were results that were in the middle of the pack. And now I'm not talking about like the local races. I'm talking about the big ones. And then you've got the ultimately the results that we talk about in 2021, which are phenomenal front of the pack, best races in the country. You know, I, I had forgotten that we raced together at Harlem in 2019. You finished way the heck in front of me because it was, I mean, Harlem is a sprint finish and that is a dicey finish that you are really talented at doing. And so you finished fifth that day in Harlem. And what you got to think about is like, well, fifth isn't necessarily the greatest. Well, look at the guys who are in front of you. Justin Williams, Sean McElroy, Cesar Marte and Tom Gibbons. You know, that is kind of like your reintroduction to the best people in the country, because, you know, Danny Estevez's name is right there next to. Justin, arguably one of the best crit racers in American bike racing history. And Tom Gibbons, two time, you know, USA crits overall champion. You know, like what did it feel like to finally get back into that top realm around that time?
1: I mean, it, it felt amazing. And that's when I started like figuring out like I still got this. Um, but I still kn- I knew that I still had a, a way like ways to go. That year motivated me to to get better, be faster, get fitter. But obviously, there is a huge time commitment in order to do that. What people don't know is that I actually put the time in. The unfortunate part about the sacrifices that I made that year was that COVID happened. So 2020 didn't happen for me with the team that I was previously with. During COVID, I actually didn't waste any time and I just continued training, which kind of propelled me to the season that I had uh, this year.
0: Let's start there because it's a great transition point from where you were finishing fifth at, you know, a race like Harlem or, you know, a race of that nature of that elite level caliber to when you went to Panama in 2021 and this is really where i first got introduced to your full potential you know we had ridden together a little bit in 2020 everybody's starting to get to know everybody as far as how good everybody is but like the season gets cut off but you go to panama and now you're racing against guys like you know your teammates michael hernandez and travis mccabe and travis is legit his palomar's are through the roof. He's sprinted against Sagan. He's a legit world tour professional. You're beating him in sprints. Like that is a jump in a half to, you know, being a contender with guys and finishing fifth to beating the guys who are the best in the world. You know, what do you owe that jump to? How hard is that training?
1: Honestly, I, I owe that jump to my family and everybody that supported me uh, during that process. I mean, my mom, my wife, my kids, for spending time away from them. You know, just everybody that that lended me a hand when I had to go ride for two and a half hours and or five hours or six hours uh, to stay with my kids and babysit and all that. That's what really made the difference. If I didn't have that you know, army with me, I would never be able to dedicate the time that I needed to in order to make that jump. So I I went and, and spared myself about a month away Uh, during December, January did a a nice big training camp, a a legit one, which I've never done before, not even as a junior. Uh, And I was guided by at the time. And, uh, after that, I, I did the well to Independencia on in DR, which is a seven day stage race. So, I, you know, after that race, um, I got even faster. And so after that race, I was producing, uh, world tour numbers like sprinting. And so I knew what I had in me, you know, I just needed the right guys to be around in order to showcase that. And, you know, the the guys that I raced with in Panama gave me the opportunity. And I couldn't thank them. I mean, I I appreciate that so much, what they did, you know, to put me, you know, in the front of the pack and, and do it as a team that sort of, because of them and their generosity to say, we're getting you there. You just have to showcase the speed you got. And, we, you know, we got it done, but I was confident in the work that I put in, you know, and so it was just a matter of time.
0: What is that conversation like, the conversation you have with your wife or with your kids where you tell them, listen, this is important to your father. This is important to me, your husband, that I want to see how far I can go with this. Because, like, it is nothing but sacrifice. To be elite in anything is nothing but sacrifice. You know, what was that? What is that conversation like?
1: Well, not a lot of people want to have that conversation. It was a process of having to every day kind of explain, you know, resting, nutrition. You know, I can't go out to dance with you today, or I can't stay out stay up late i gotta go to sleep early because all that affects my you know preparation little by little she was sort of understanding of how much better i became how much better person i became once i did what i wanted to because cycling is such a healthy sport it's just there's time away from everything else that you do for me she started understanding that if she gave me the time I became a better husband became a better father became a better businessman i had you know clear a clear mind i was always in a good mood and so she started seeing that and so that's when i had the a free pass uh to to put, to put the time in what really did it for me was when my wife got to experience uh the team environment in panama. That's when it all sort of clicked and she was like, All right, I want you to race as much as you <laughs> as much as you can in, you know, in 2021. Uh,
0: so let's talk about May 4th of 2021. It it was kinda of, it was one of those innocuous days that, you know, all of a sudden <laughs> all of a sudden your phone probably started blowing up and you were just like, what is going on? I don't remember exactly the day that I found out that you had joined Best Buddies, it was either May third or May fourth. But like, I was excited because I knew you. I knew how good the team was, and I knew what the the purpose that the team was being built for. So I took a picture of you that was the part of the announcement, and I threw it up on the podcast Instagram account with a very simple caption: "This changes everything." And that post literally changed the course of this entire crit season from being one that was, you know, about guys racing bikes and everything is normal to all of a sudden crit beef is born and we actually have like real drama and a palatable passion about bike racing. Just talk about the surrealness of the moment for you, you know, where you start seeing 500 comments all related to a picture
1: of you, Danny Estevas. To be honest with you, I could care less about social media. Uh, I'm not a person that really cares about what other people think or where people put a picture of me or what they say. I'm not an Instagram Barbie. I honestly have Instagram to because of my business. And now after this year, I'm kind of forced to sort of expose my career um, as a professional cyclist now, which I never thought I would say that. But and so when that picture came up, which I appreciate you posting it, I honestly didn't think much of it. I was like, oh, cool. Like Criterion Nation is acknowledging something. I do think it was taken out of context, uh, but I didn't really pay attention to the comments or what was going on. Uh, I was just doing me. I was just hanging out with my family. You know, I didn't care what was going on. The people that commented is because, I mean, maybe at the time they felt somewhat uh, threatened or I don't know. Um, I don't know what the necessity was to be all over that picture. And I have talked to both uh, Justin and Travis a lot about this and none of them have any hard feeling towards each other. And, you know, I think the, the public definitely took it out of context and kind of drove it into this rivalry that didn't even exist uh, between the two to speaking to both, both have a lot of respect for each other. And I just think the public just, flipped it around to, to make it, uh, to animate the crit scene. And so that energy, uh, kind of drove the first half of the season, you know, driving it into Tulsa, but I didn't think I had beef with anybody. Uh, I was just there to race my bike and obviously other people took it differently. You know, I'm not one to talk smack about nobody, Uh, I just paddle my bike and let the results do the talking.
0: I know Travis and Justin, we've all talked about it. They do respect each other. They respect each other as competitors and as people who are at the top end of the sport. And like, I think at the heart of it, it was a lighthearted banter between two guys who wanted to race against each other. And, and and you know people do take things massively out of context meme accounts and all that stuff let's let's shelve that well, let's talk about you know just that first that first or couple encounters because you know everything kind of led towards tulsa and it was all about Travis and Justin Travis and Justin even though it was your picture that launched this entire thing?
1: No, it was Justin's comment that launched this thing. Not the picture.
0: Do you think that y- you were even a part of it? You were just the, the the thing that provided them the opportunity?
1: Yeah, well, I think, I mean, the, the team, Best Buddies, had full confidence in my potential. So I think Travis knew that. And from his point of view, he was just trying to defend that. Um, and I don't think Justin remembered me at the time because we used to race against each other when we were juniors and the story was a lot different then. um, you know, I was away for so long, you know, uh, to the public, I may not have changed everything looking at it that way. Again, there shouldn't be any politics involving that or any negativity around that, but that all sort of led to, well. People's comments and kind of urging these guys on to continue to argue for no reason kind of led on to Tulsa, where, again, our team didn't have any beef against Legion. It became like a Justin and Travis thing, and then people thought it was Legion and best buddies. And then the whole public got caught around that. But it, that it, that wasn't it. Well, we were just guys racing our bikes. It was fun. Uh, it brought an animation to the sport that, you know, uh, I talked to Justin about this. It was good marketing <laughs> uh, for sure. And so I don't know. I uh, I don't have much else to say about that uh, other than I don't think anything of it. I like both guys. I respect the crap, you know, out of both of them. Uh, Travis was a teacher to me this past year. You know, without his tactical guidance, I probably would have never won the, the races that I did. But for us leading into Tulsa, it was hard because our team was sort of halfway there. Like we were racing with a full squad, but we had tons of issues at the beginning. Uh, Unlike Legion that, you know, these guys train together, been racing together since January. That makes a, you know, a heck of a difference. You know, for us, we were still trying to figure it out because they brought me on in May. Tulsa was a month away that's not enough time to like have a team gel with each other. We didn't, I didn't have training camp with them. I didn't race much with them. And so, and Travis was doing gravel, mixing gravel with, with road, same with Eric Marcotte, you know, Ruben uh, was sick and Ben uh, had broken his elbow, Ben Wolf. And so our team was not there, you know? And so we did what we could at Tulsa. And, and obviously the public took it as, oh, Legion, you know. But that makes a difference. When you ride with guys for so long, things just sort of click. And those guys do a good job of that. So
0: so Legion goes one, two the first night. I mean, like, it's an iconic picture. The picture of Justin and Corey crossing the line with their, you know, their finger at their lips, silencing the haters. I mean, that's, that's. That That is great media right there. Like, those guys, you got to give them credit for that. But what a lot of people don't remember is that the person just off the right of Corey is you. You finished third at Blue Dome. And, I mean, that is a hard race to win if you're not exceptionally good at sprinting. Is that the moment where you were just like, okay, I belong there because so much about sprinting is faith in yourself.
1: Yeah. So I mean sprinting, I mean, you just gotta be gritty. Gotta have the courage to be there and rub elbows and not be scared. And I'm not afraid of nobody. And that's what separates me from like being in the middle of the pack to like winning bike races. I'm I don't care about, you know, people with names or what have you, teams. I don't care about that. I'm not scared of nobody. And if I got to fight and fight my way through, I will. And, you know, I'm not a dirty rider. I just, I can get scary on top of a bike, but, um, I don't do no harm to anybody. I just, I race hard. I ra- I try to race clean and, you know i let my legs do what they can to to win these bike races so it's just the ability to have the the courage to to belong in there uh, the rest of the season happened and uh, the second half was a you know different story
0: oh yeah the second half was definitely a different story for you i mean you became the amateur national road race and criterium champion same weekend right there, boom, boom, two wins, Stars and Stripes jerseys. Now Best Buddies has this incredible kit that is the American national champion kit, and you're the dude wearing it. You were not allowed to be on the U.S. national team when you started racing as a junior because you weren't a citizen. What does it mean to you as a human being now to wear that kit? Cause I mean, like even today I saw a video of you getting a bike fit with best buddies wearing that US national champion kit. It's like a full circle here, but progress has been way made.
1: Yeah, for sure. I uh I wear that thing to sleep. Uh I only have another six months. That's totally fair. <laughs> I only have uh, another six months, to, to and I'm proud to be wearing it. And I'm a proud American. Although I was born in the Dominican Republic, I mean, I've been in this country since I was like three. So DR gave birth to me, but uh, America raised me. And so I owe a lot to this country, the people in it, and I worked hard for that. And, but it was, if it wasn't for Travis, Eric, Michael, Ruben, all those guys that, like, you know, gave their chances of winning to, like, sacrifice themselves for the best option in the team to to win, I mean, I would never be wearing those jerseys right now. And so the work that they did at those races were immense. And without their help, I would not be wearing that jersey. I'm proud to wear it, man. Uh, I wear it everywhere I can, for sure.
0: What do you owe that faith to? You know, because Travis, Eric Marcotte, Danny Summerhill, you know, Ruben, all of these guys, Ben Wolf, all of these guys have the capacity to win basically any race that they enter. But they have placed their faith in you and they've sacrificed as teammates their opportunities their personal opportunities for you to be the person to seal the deal. Where did that where or when did that transition get made?
1: Uh well, I think it it was made from the first day that they, you know, gave me the opportunity to be on the team. I think Panama going back to the earlier topic was an eye opener for them and they Gave they wanted to give me the opportunity to race at the highest level in the country. I took that opportunity and I try to seal the deal every time they give me the opportunity to win. So they do that because it's, it's a team thing. And so that's what's best for the team. I win, the team wins. If Ruben wins, the team wins. Uh, it doesn't matter who wins as long as the team wins. And it's, the the races that I've won were perfectly made for my talent and ability as a rider, and so that's what made sense. And, and that includes both the road race and the criterium at the national championships. You know, same with Spartanburg, El Paso. You know, those are races that suited me really well. And the strategy for that that day was, you know, uh, to get me to the line and, and and sprint, which I'm, you know, that's my strength. So
0: because like. As the year progressed, you guys gelled a lot more than you did at the beginning of the year. I mean, your personal results prove it. Michael Hernandez's results prove it. Everybody who is associated with this team ended up getting better as the year went along as far as their results are concerned. Do you see that only getting better now in 2022 now that you guys have had that extra time now that you've armed yourself even stronger with somebody like Ama Ansek coming over and becoming a part of your team are you guys more of a team now than you were at any point in time during
1: 2021 oh for for sure I mean we have I mean a crazy squad this year I mean we have 10 guys Uh, and all, you know, America knows who they are, you know, that are extremely strong. And we started earlier this year, you know, we started training, riding earlier. Um, and the new guys, you know, we're, you know, uh, teaching them about how we race and, and, and train and all that. So this year is going to be a heck of a lot different starting it out. I mean, we got the likes of Brian Gomez, Curtis White, Amma, Tanner Ward. I mean, we have engines on this team now. You know, on paper, we should be, I mean, we should be really good. Um, It's still going to take a little bit of time to, you know, to to get the entire squad to to gel. Um, But I think... Uh, Coming from where we were in 2021 to 2022, making that transition, I think will be pretty easy. Um, We also have Tom Craven now directing us, which would be great um, to have that direction uh, during the big races. So, you know, we're ready to go. You know, we we can't wait to to expose ourselves.
0: What do you think you still have left to do? Like what how are you personally going to help integrate the Curtis Whites, you know, and the Tanner Wards into this organization? I mean, Curtis just got done with world championships, you know, and and Tanner, Tanner won BWR Kansas, you know? These these guys have Palomars. How do you bring them together with you so that you can compete against a team like Legion, which has been drilling? For literally years,
1: yeah no i I think you know things would change. the American bike scene will change this year for sure uh it's gonna be a little bit more on the even scale, and so you know, I don't think it's it's gonna take much. I mean those guys are experienced, they've been on teams before, and we all know that whoever wins doesn't matter who you know is good for the team, and so Our team grew because of once we started winning as a team, you know, we started getting more supporters, you know, having, you know, the entire purpose of why we race. you know, providing inclusion for, you know, folks with developmentally, uh, developmental delays. And so, you know, we did our job, you know, we had our voice heard and this year in 2022, we'll be able to, you know, just keep that going. And and those guys, I don't think we'll have an issue, you know, uh, being part of this team and believing in, in what we do.
0: It, let's, let's close here with your year ahead, your 2022. What are the things that you are most looking forward to this year? What are the big events that you're focusing in on? You know, are you going to try to repeat as national champ or do you want to get the pro national champ now? You know, what's your goal?
1: I want the pro. That's easy enough. My biggest goal is in 2024. I want to go to the Olympics. I know that's not going to happen with USA cycling. Obviously, the bid always goes for the world tour guys. But I have an opportunity that I'm working on. But my biggest dream will be to be an Olympian. So everything that I do this year is to set me up for that. And so... What I will be focusing on will be, you know, the big races uh, that we'll be doing. But my biggest goal, uh, if we get the opportunity to, you know, to do it this year would be the U.S. Pro National.
0: Let me ask you this. Is there something that you need to develop in yourself still that is the ticket to winning that race? Is there something that you, uh, you know, an arrow that you need to put into your quiver or is it just now I've got the horsepower with the guys who I'm with?
1: That's what makes the difference. I mean, the guys you have in front of you to get it done. You know, I, I truly believe that, you know, one of the reasons why Corey and Justin have been so successful is because of the five guys they put in front of them. You know, they believe in the team aspect. Uh, they believe in, you know, whoever, you know, wins out of the two is good for the team. And so, you know, they've done a great job of that philosophy. And and all of them believing in that. So, But their success has to do with those five guys that sacrificed themselves for them to, you know. Without them, they probably wouldn't be where they are today. Same thing with me. I, I wouldn't have a, a successful year in 2021 if it wasn't for the likes of Danny Summerhill, Ruben, Travis, Eric Marka, Michael Hernandez, Ben Wolf, you name them. Um, if it wasn't for those guys, you know, I wouldn't have the results I have. You know, it all takes a sacrifice, sacrifice from somebody to get there.
0: Danny Estevez, thank you so much for joining us. We are gonna be looking forward to seeing what happens with you this year.
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity to have me on the show.
0: Thank you for joining us on another episode of the show. We are a proud part of the Wide Angle Podium network of shows. Go to wideanglepodium.com to find out all about the full bevy of shows that we've got there wideanglepodium.com. Go there, check it out, find out everything you need to know. Today's show was written, produced, and edited by me, Rob Kelly. Go to CriteriumNation.com to find out more about the show and about everything that's going on, and follow us on Instagram or on Twitter at CriteriumNation. Next week we've got a really exciting guest in Harriet Owen, Auntie Harriet, who races this year for ATX Wolfpack. So come back here next week for more stories from our Criterion Nation. The Slow Ride Podcast: Three idiots who are usually wrong. The Slow Ride Podcast: The Titanium of Podcasts. The Slow Ride Podcast: It's like if David Vanderpoel had a podcast. The Slow Ride Podcast: The Swift Racing of Podcasts. The Slow Ride
1: Podcast: Find the real advice. The Slow Ride Podcast the arrow helmet of podcasts the
0: slow ride podcast sport leader coming through the slow ride podcast when's lance gonna sue us the slow ride podcast the experts in french cycling the slow ride podcast official fan experience zone on facebook the slow ride podcast the gravel bike of podcasts the slow ride podcast both vertically and horizontally compliant the slow ride podcast new episodes every tuesday